Welcome to the Top Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Proud Mouse Pod Rocket Academy. I'm your host, Bill Cates, creator of the Cates Academy for Relationship Marketing. In each episode, I interview one of our industry's top performers, getting them to pass on their secrets to success to you so that you can impact more lives and generate more income. Now, on to the show. Welcome, welcome. Before we get started, I want you to know about some free resources that I invite you to retrieve after you've listened to today's interview. You'll find checklists, guides, videos, and other tools. Simply go to referralcoach.com forward slash resources. Now write this down unless you're driving. That's referralcoach.com forward slash resources. It's also in the show notes. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our weekly tips. We're always sharing best practices and we'll notify you of our newest podcast interviews as they go live. And while these are free for you, I think you'll find them quite valuable. Now on with today's show. Today, we're going to talk about LinkedIn. Now, I often joke that the only people making money on LinkedIn are the people who try to teach us how to make money on LinkedIn. That's not entirely true. It's a little bit of a joke, but I've seen so many financial professionals as well as other so-called marketing experts put a ton of resources, time, energy, money into creating posts designed supposedly to attract attention and create credibility, but most of their activity results in little to no engagement. So what a waste of time, valuable resources. Before we go any further, today's show is not about making your LinkedIn profile pretty and having a better headline, et cetera, though we will address those things very briefly. From my perspective, today is about how you can get your posts in front of a lot more people and how you can start to build a real relationship with potential prospects, centers of influence, and other key individuals. I am personally using most of the strategies and tactics we'll be covering today, and they are working, and I believe you'll be able to do the same. So let me brag just a little bit on our guest, and then I promise I will let him speak. <laughs> Richard Bliss is the CEO of Bliss Point, a social media consulting firm based in San Jose, California. Richard is a former software marketing in, uh, executive and, and known as a LinkedIn Top Voices Influencer. We'll have to ask him exactly what that means in a minute. He's the author of the book, Digital First Leadership, Master Social Media, Build Online Presence, Lead Your Tribe. And what I like most about Richard is that he deals on the levels of principles, strategies, and tactics. Richard Bliss, welcome to Top Advisor Podcast. Bill, thank you very much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I've enjoyed the coaching that you've provided to me and watching you speak a few times in front of some audiences. So I really think this interview is going to bring forth a lot of value. Uh, but first, before we dig in, what what is a LinkedIn Top Voices Influencer? Every year, LinkedIn picks a series of individuals that they feel that are using their platform to to be effective, a top voice in their industry or in their specialty. And so I was reached out to by the LinkedIn organization. I didn't apply. There was no application process. They simply reached out and acknowledged that I had been nominated. I have to admit, I have no idea who nominated me or how I got nominated. And then they uh, announced that I was number eight in the world on their platform in the category, and they picked a category. In my case, it was the category of sales. And so they sent me a little badge and I was able to be established myself as a LinkedIn top voices in the category of sales. Uh, 
Very cool. And yeah. I'm sure you wear, wear that badge proudly. I <laughs> do. I let a lot of people know it. Thank you for sharing it and let other people know it. So thanks, Bill. No, well, you're, 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 as they're going to see, you're very smart when it comes to this. So I have uh, really three big strategies I want to cover with you today, and we'll get tactical as well. Uh, they are understanding the LinkedIn algorithm to maximize the reach of our activity. We're going to talk about how financial advisors can actively connect and influence folks on LinkedIn without what I like to call digital cold calling. Sure. And of course, with, within the guardrails of compliance, as they all think about this. And also, we'll talk about a little known and rarely used strategy to get connected with those hard to reach big fish. Sometimes they call them whales. Uh, this is such a cool strategy that I've used successfully. Uh, with all that said, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on how everyone listening can, a, as you like to say, get their digital house in order. What do you mean by that? And, and you talked about this in the opening about our LinkedIn profile. We're not really going to talk about that here today, but it's some key elements to make sure that you are building trust the, the moment that one of your prospects, customers, partners, wh whatever, comes into contact with you. Uh, this digital house is something that I identify that LinkedIn becomes our digital hub, our identity online. And, you know, Bill, we've seen this change happen. And just since the pandemic, that we now meet people primarily online first, and then we meet them in person. That has not obviously been the, the case in the past, which means that our digital house, the way we are presenting ourselves is critical. And I have met so many people who are like, well, you know, I threw it up there a couple of years ago and I haven't really touched it. That digital house is critical. And so there's some key elements that make that effective. There's really four. One is the background image, that banner in the background. Uh, you can have one on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. So many people cram that full of call to action material. And I'm like, nobody can read it. Nobody can click on it. Nobody can copy it. Make it a visual representation of you. Capture that image. Next is your photo. So often, I, I mean, I've seen wedding photos. I've seen your significant other that's no longer in your life, but they've been slightly cut out of that picture, right? I see, I mean, I see people who are standing 10 feet from the camera. I mean, you can see their outfit. So it's that photo needs to be your face, your nose. That's the human quality of it. The other two is your headline at the bottom. That's right below your picture. That's a calling card on LinkedIn. Everywhere you go on LinkedIn, that follows you. And a lot of people stuff it with words like, I help people solve this problem, blah, blah, not realizing that, They've used up the key real estate to lead into their value prop rather than just simply establishing. You know. So and I like this. I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, no, well, you the, go. The, la the last one is the about section. And this one's critical because oftentimes I find people putting up their resume or their CV cover letter or whatever it might be. And instead, I recommend that they talk about, you know, in my career, I've had the opportunity of working closely with organizations and here's the value I bring. When somebody says, I've been doing this for 25 plus years. I wonder why they think that announcing that they started their career in the late 1900s is an impressive resume leader or hey, I've been doing this since the late 1900s, covered wagons and floppy disks. And it's like, we don't lead that way. And so that about section can be tricky on how we communicate that. So there we go. There's your digital house in order. That's what I wanted to talk about. I appreciate that. I like the idea, you know, how many times have we said or heard someone say, you know, they'll say, what's your website? Oh, well, it's here. You know, it needs a little work. Yeah. Right. We always seem to be apologizing for the website. Apologize. Our LinkedIn profile needs a little updating. But if indeed, and I think you're, you're right, that if the first, the way people meet us first, 
quite often is digitally, then that's not something we can leave like that anymore. No, it's something we need to be on top of on a regular basis. As a, you know, it's like you fix your house up and make it look great the day you're going to put it on, you know, list it to sell. Sure. Right? So it's never looked better than the day you're selling it. <laughs> well, no. it, you know, we want to make sure it always looks good and we want our digital house to always look good, right? And you're absolutely right. In today's world, people don't usually Google you anymore. They go to LinkedIn and look you up. That's where they want to find out about you. Or if they do Google you, the first thing that comes up is your LinkedIn profile. Uh, That's that correct. All the time, all the time that when I'm correct. looking folks up. All right, good. So uh, now on to the sexy part of the show, the LinkedIn algorithm. Yes, my friends, algorithms can be sexy. Just ask any mathematician. Uh, seriously, though, understanding the LinkedIn algorithm, as Richard, you've helped me so much over the last months, uh, it, it will really change how you view and interact with LinkedIn and, and will change the results that you're able to produce. And you may actually find yourself teaching these to other people, as I have. So when they support you, they're supporting you in the way you want to be supported, as opposed to what they do out of habit that doesn't always work. So How's that for a setup? Give us a skinny on the LinkedIn algorithm and, and how we can use this knowledge to our advantage. Well, let's uh, let's break this down a little bit. First of all, the business model of LinkedIn is very different than the other social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Threads, they're all making money off of advertising. LinkedIn, only 20% of the revenue comes from advertising. Therefore, they're looking for a very different experience for you and I on their platform because 80% of that money, $11 billion is coming from paying customers who are paying for the opportunity to use the platform. Now, we're not going to use pay to use Facebook or pay to use threads, or unfortunately, Elon Musk figured out that we're not going to pay to use Twitter either. But on LinkedIn, it's very different. And that means the outcome is different. That means they're not trying to entertain us or distract us or keep us there so long that we just finally realize 45 minutes have gone by and we're watching cat videos. They're there to build business connections and communication between professionals. That means their algorithm is designed to build value when that happens, not when we're entertained. And to jump ahead just a little bit, that means things like video are a shocking to people that it's the worst performing content on LinkedIn when it comes to reach because the algorithm isn't rewarding the behavior of the people who are watching your video. And so those are some of the things when it comes to the algorithm. You want me to go into details of some of those uh, uh, algorithm details? Yeah, yeah, because uh, when I heard you say that about video, um, it, it surprised me a little bit because you yeah. think people will just sit there and watch the video. But um, what what does get the most reach, generally speaking? So here's what's going on: when your post goes live on LinkedIn, it does not go to all of. Bill, suppose you have a thousand connections. Okay. If you put out a post on LinkedIn, it does not go to those thousand people, which is also a shock to people when I sit down and talk to them. It goes to a tiny fraction, usually less than 10% of your connections. So let's just, for sake of math, it goes to 100 people when you make a post go live. Well, LinkedIn's now going to watch. It's not going to judge your content. It's going to allow your audience to judge your content, which is I'm going to pause here because this is a very important but subtle difference. On Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, they take your content and try to show it as many people as possible, thereby driving advertising dollars because people are seeing your content. Advertisers are getting to be stuck in there. But on LinkedIn, oh, they're showing it to this tiny fraction. Then they're watching for the next hour or so, about hour to 90 minutes, 
How does your audience interact with that content, thereby allowing us to judge whether that content should be shared with a wider audience? And here's that how that happens. A score is compiled to add up the value of your post over that hour, hour and a half. And here's how it's scored. If somebody gives you a like, you get a point of value because LinkedIn sees that worth nearly worthless. They can't give you less than that, so they give you a point. If somebody hits the repost button or the share button, your post gets six points of value. A comment is somewhere between seven and 11 points of value, depending on how the comments work. That is the, the, the heart of LinkedIn's algorithm. Are you driving a conversation? And we're gonna see if you did by seeing how the comments are coming in and the value of those comments. Are you driving a valid conversation amongst the people listening? And then also, how quickly did all this happen? And then last is dwell time. Dwell time is how long did people spend on the post engaging with it, looking at it? Well, the whole video thing isn't that LinkedIn doesn't like video. It's that your audience doesn't like video. And this is a shock to marketing people, but your audience does not stop and engage in a conversation with the video. Thereby, LinkedIn is being told by your audience, we don't find this content valuable because we simply clicked the like button, gave it one point of value, and we moved on text only, where you talk about the issue with your audience in a text dialogue, that's what drives 10x more reach on content than video. So that gives you kind of a highlight. There's some other things in there. Like if you had a link, LinkedIn's going to cut your reach in half. If you reshared somebody else's post, LinkedIn's going to only show it to 1% of your audience. So there's all these little things about the, the, the algorithm that's keeping people on the platform, talking and engaging in a conversation that's beyond good job. Thanks for sharing. Awesome. All right. I, we could talk about this for the entire episode. Well, I know that. And I do want to cover a couple more things on this uh, because people are making this mistake. Uh, first of all, you want to tell, if you're asking for support, if you're asking your friends to you know, look at your post or whatever, to give it a little juice, you want to teach them to comment first yes. before they like, right? Because if they like first, then the comment is kind of negated. Whatever is done first is what counts, correct? That's correct. So, I, Bill, you threw up a post. I go see it. It gets in my feed or whatever. My first interaction is the one that LinkedIn is going to value. So if I click the like button, I gave you one point of value. I just told LinkedIn that it's like, and then if I go and leave a comment, it, we lose the impact. But you bring up an interesting point, and that is there is a number we're looking for. And that is, we're looking to see if we can get 10 comments on our post in the first hour. And this is what you were talking about, asking your friends to participate. Your comments to their comments equal that. And here's a promise I can make to your listeners. If they make their very next post that they put out, if they can get 10 comments on that post in the first hour, you know, I leave a comment, you leave a comment, somebody responds to the comment. If you can get 10 of those in the first hour, LinkedIn's algorithm guarantees that your post will be viewed by a minimum of 1,000 people in the next 24 hours. Guaranteed. I mean, Bill, I talk to people who have got uh, interns, 30 connections on LinkedIn. They just joined it. doesn't matter. It's not the size of your network that's determining the reach. It is the activity of people who are commenting. And all you need is 10 in an hour. And boom, you're going to get a thousand people to see that content. And I think that's something that you and I have been able to do in the past with your content. And I, I tell people, you know, comment first, like second, 
Uh, and if so, if the comment, if their comment is worth six, seven, eight points, and then you comment on their comment, that doubles that, right? That's right. Roughly. That's right. And, and, and not just any kind of comment. I mean, do they see how many words were actually yes. shared? Yes. The yeah. quality of the comment also matters. And usually it's about five words. And so here's something that's important is that if you want to get your message out here, LinkedIn treats your comments very different. Every time you make a comment, it doesn't just, so Bill, if you made a post and you asked me to comment on it, I'm going to comment, but do I, do you really care about my comment? Now I know you care, but in reality, no, but here's the value. My audience is listening to me comment on your post. This is very different than all of the other social media platforms. And we have to think about our comments differently. Most of us comment as if just you and I were in a room all by ourselves talking. You make a post. I say, hey, great post. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. But in reality, my audience is there with me listening to my comment. Every comment I make, every comment you make gets put out in front of our audience beyond just the two of us talking. So I'm going to leave a comment that, yeah, talks to you, but it's also talking to my audience. You're going to respond back. Now, my comment and your comment also just got put in front of your audience. Somebody else chimes in, they leave a comment. Our conversation now gets put in front of their audience. This is how LinkedIn uses the commenting strategy to, to move this beyond just the conversation between the two individuals. And this is why it's so important when you reach out and ask somebody to comment, that they need to realize that their comment is going to be read by their network. Don't just make it a attaboy, good job, thanks for sharing, this is awesome, right? Add value. Also, I, I, uh, you've encouraged me to uh, also, I could say a little something about what I do. In other yeah. words, great point, Richard. Uh, I like the way you said this. And, and when I do my work with my clients, you know, it looks like this, right? So I'm able to softly promote, I guess, uh, uh, what I do, right? In yeah, that excellent. Excellent point. Because of some of the constraints that your audience members are under, it's difficult for them to actually put out that type of content. There are restrictions. We know that. But when you start participating in a conversation, it's almost like we were at a networking event and you make a comment about whatever, something, that's something that's going on. And I'll, and I'll make a comment back saying, oh, that's interesting. You know, one of the things that I've discovered with my investments was I did this, or here's something I've seen a trend in the industry. I'm wondering about your opinion about that. Oh, you give me your opinion. And back and forth, a conversation is naturally happening where you're able to share your expertise without giving specific advice, but by participating in other people's conversations, thereby raising your status and awareness amongst an audience that might not know who you are, but they see you participating in these conversations and adding value. And it's a very subtle way of using the LinkedIn algorithm to vastly increase the exposure you have without their waving your own flag, tooting your own horn. Would, would asking questions also count? It does. There's a bit of a caveat there. Um, when you ask a question, it's best. So sometimes people will make a post and then they'll ask, what are your opinion? Right at the bottom of the post. Well, I got to tell you, most people don't respond to that. Most people aren't interested in answering questions, generic questions that are asked in a post. But if you make some, a statement about, something that I emotionally want to respond to, you don't have to ask me a question. But down in the question, down in the comments, for example, let's suppose we're going to use another example. Bill, you're going to make a post and maybe it's about this podcast. And down in the comments, you would say, Richard, I know that you have something to say about this. 
What are your thoughts on the importance of using LinkedIn and comment, blah, blah, blah. You're going to ask me a question in the comments where you tag me and you specifically ask me a question so that you bring me into the conversation. And then you're going to do it to someone else that you know, and you're going to ask for their expertise. Asking generic questions in the, in the post itself tends not to have a response because people are like, yeah, somebody else will answer that. But there are ways to be emotionally charged. And when I say emotion, like if you made a comment about the trending importance of a next generation, Generation Z and the importance they have to do of financial literacy. Well, I've got a Generation Z child. I'm going to probably respond about that importance and what I want to do and see there have financial security into the future. I think the bottom line here, or top line, whatever, is LinkedIn wants a conversation. Yes. And, and when you know that, when their model is encouraging conversations, then that changes how you go about this what you post, how you comment, uh, how you suggest people support your posts as well. They want a conversation. Conversation, a legit conversation. That's correct. Legit. And and now real quick, you, you said that videos tend not to be not to do as well. Uh all text is good. Uh I remember saying you saying stock photos not so much, but personal photos, photos of actually you actually doing something, I mean a let's call it a real photo. Right. Uh so do better, but a lot of a lot of times you see in financial services, they will uh, a manager particularly will post uh, a photo of of uh, someone they just hired or someone who just passed the series seven or you know made chairman's council. So it, it's a it's a photograph, it's a real photograph. It's not clip clip art photograph of someone who just achieved a little something. Uh, is that a decent post? So my question back is, will that photograph start a conversation? Hmm. If, and, not, will, and not usually, it usually gets way to go, way to go, way to go, yeah. good going, congratulations, but no conversation per se. There's right? no conversation. So how would you change that? You might change it by saying, um, recently, this individual achieved this award. Here's why this is significant. In today's world, it is so important that our advisors have a financial literacy that allows them to blah, blah, blah. That's why earning this reward by Jack is so critical because now you can trust that when you talk to Jack, he's going to have that expertise that makes you feel safe and comfortable in your financial investments. All right. Now that with a picture of Jack, that post is radically different than congratulations to Jack who just earned the certificate, blah, 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 blah. Here's his picture. Okay. People are going to say, great job. But this whole idea of financial literacy or what he's, what he's going to do with that, now we've kind of started a conversation. And instead of a stock photo of Jack, you might have a picture of Jack being human. Maybe he's standing in front of his garden, or maybe he's uh, something that shows that that wasn't just a stock headshot that you threw up there, because I am not going to comment on the picture. And that's what this is. Not that LinkedIn doesn't like stock photos and doesn't like video. It's that your audience will not engage with that content in a way that LinkedIn's algorithm sees valuable. They so, will, yeah. A stock photo is not going to generate a conversation. Now, just as a side note, I'm sitting in a tent right now, and you know that, we've talked about that. And so I have thrown up pictures of the work from home environment. And I didn't just throw up a picture of a tent, I threw up a picture of my tent in my backyard with my plants and everything. Do you think that started a conversation? Probably Absol did. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Where are you? What are you doing? 
right? How'd you do that? I'm so jealous, right? There's all kinds of ways that conversation starts. I didn't have to ask a question or people to comment. I put out content in such a way that it brought them into the conversation because they were interested in the topic and the photo was the story. So when you're using pictures on LinkedIn, remember that the photo, if now I'm not saying don't use them. I'm just telling you that the algorithm is going to reward you vastly different if you use any kind of stock imagery. And that, that measure is impressions. You see how many impressions that post is getting. If you're getting 50, not so good. If you're getting 500 better, if you're getting 5,000, now you're starting to do something, right? You're starting to, people are starting to see you. Uh, Good. I love it. Uh, I have two more big strategies, uh, big ones, good ones. Uh, First, you have a great strategy that advisors can use to connect with folks and start these meaningful conversations, kind of a way to reach prospects uh, in a little more human, warmer way. Uh, Plus, I'm going to have you reveal this, as I mentioned earlier, a little known way to reach these hard to reach prospects and centers of influence. But first, Let's take a very brief pause to listen to a word from our sponsor, Pod Rocket Influence Academy, brought to you by Proudmouth. First, they make this podcast possible, and their core business is helping financial advisors accelerate their influence through marketing activities like podcasting. This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. If you're like our clients, you want to spend more time educating people and less time selling. That's why we turn Main Street experts like you into trusted mainstream authorities. We help you amplify your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. Visit ProudMouth.com to learn more. I have two links I recommend you go to after this show. The first is ReferralCoach.com forward slash resources. As I mentioned earlier, you can sign up for free weekly tips, get notified of our latest podcast ton of complimentary guides, checklists, other tools. Second, check out one of our new tools by going to rapidfirereferrals.com. It's rapidfirereferrals.com. If you're new to my work, this is a great place to get started with some of the systems that I teach. And if you've been following me for some time, this is a great tool for one reminder after another. So that's referralcoach.com forward slash resources and rapidfirereferrals.com. Oh, and use the coupon code RFR 100, that's rapid fire referrals, RFR 100, and you'll save $100 off the already low investment. Now back to my conversation with featured guest, Richard Bliss. So Richard, our next topic of discussion is what you call your influencer strategy. The neat thing about this is that you don't have to get your content approved by compliance before using it which is a breath of fresh air for most people listening to this. And you can make some pretty successful connection with prospects, centers of influence, other hard to reach folks. And it takes very little time out of the day. So have at it, Richard, your influencer strategy. Well, you bring up a good point is that up until this point, it makes it sound like you got to spend the whole, the entire day just on LinkedIn to make this effective. Mm. Uh, What we're talking about now is something that I and my company, and we refer to this as giving before asking. So often we are approached by people we don't know who want to sell us something, the ask, and it comes through an in-mail on LinkedIn. They're asking us to open this in-mail and respond. It's coming through a connection request on LinkedIn. Cold, what do you call it? A, a digital cold? A digital cold call. <laughs> yeah, a digital cold call. These are coming in. These are asks before anything has been given to us 
the recipient of this. And so I, I train a lot of salespeople. We work with a lot of organizations and we flip the script. And that is if you want to ask something from somebody, you got to give first. And so there's a couple of key ways that you can do that. And there's some very simple techniques. First, realize that somebody's on LinkedIn, almost everybody's on LinkedIn on a fairly regular basis, even if it's only once a week. So take the opportunity to go like their content. Now, we already said that a like only generates a single point of value. That's not the point here. The point is that like in front of a stranger that you're trying to influence will pop up in notifications that Richard Bliss liked your content. I don't know, Richard Bliss, and you might just move on. Okay, but it's a small give. The second one, and we've already talked about it, is incredibly powerful. The comment, I can go find prospects. I can go find people I want to influence. And I can begin to comment on their content, even though they don't know who I am. And one of the key elements here is that nobody puts content on LinkedIn hoping nobody sees it. So if you take, <laughs> right? But if you take right. a commenting strategy that says, so for example, Bill, let's suppose I was trying to get you to be my customer. You made a post on LinkedIn. I'm going to go leave a comment. We've talked about this a little bit already, but now it's a very, I'm going to leave a comment that says, Bill, you make an excellent point. You just stated this. In my world, I've seen the opportunity of having and seeing this successful. And I really feel that what you've just shared is critically important. So thank you. Here's a question I have for you. And I'll ask you a question in the comment. Now, what's happened is that you and I now suddenly have a bit of a conversation going back forth. I could even say the beginning of a budding relationship. Because you made a post. I commented on it beyond awesome. Thanks for sharing added insight and value. And you're probably going to respond. I'm hoping you, I'm hoping you didn't post and ghost that you just put something out there and walked away. LinkedIn's going to penalize you for that. So now you're going to respond. And I might even respond back. Suddenly this small little conversation is happening. And just like I met you at a networking event where we had a couple of comments back and forth and nobody like, Hey, can I get your business card? Suddenly the ask is so much easier. So here's a strategy that I suggest for people to make this easy. Don't worry about posting content on LinkedIn for now. I'm going to give you a strategy that's going to transform the way that people see you. And I call it my three by five strategy. I'm going to suggest for the next week, those, your listeners do one thing. And that is today for the next, and then for the next five days, I want you to go leave three comments. That's it. I don't want you to post anything. I just want you to leave three comments. Those comments are going to be on your first degree connections, probably in your organization, your company, your team, people in your industry, which is easy in the finance industry. Go find somebody who's posted something. Uh, leave a comment, add some insight. Again, there are some restrictions on what you can say, but you can certainly add to the conversation. And then number three, third degree connections or people who maybe you don't know at all or people you want to influence. Go leave these comments three times for five days, three by five. Here's what's going to happen. If you go and look at how many people have looked at your LinkedIn profile in the past 90 days, you can do that under analytics, you're going to see a number. After a single week of doing this strategy, I can almost guarantee 100% that your audience members will have more people looking at their LinkedIn profile in that single week than the previous 90 days combined. Why? 
because your comments are participating in other people's conversations. Those conversations are being viewed by hundreds and even thousands of people. Your insights, not the attaboys, but your valuable contribution draws interest and people will now go check out your digital house, your LinkedIn profile. This will see a 300 to 500% jump in profile views in a single week. Mm. That specific tactic is an incredible, powerful way of getting people to pay attention to your value without you posting or creating any new content. Wow, that's that's powerful. And that, you, you said something in there. I, I didn't want to let it escape. Post and ghost. Yes. Post sounds like ghost. not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Spray and pray, post and ghost. I mean, there's all kinds of... And what that is, is that individuals who are using oftentimes an automation tool, nothing against automation tools, but LinkedIn really doesn't like them, is you're using a tool to automatically create content every day on your profile, right? That's called posting and ghosting because you're not there. And LinkedIn knows that. So if you want to see an immediate boost in your content, do one little thing. The next time you put a piece of content out on LinkedIn, go comment on three people, not your post, but three people. So you're going to make a post bill and then you're going to go comment on a post I've made, a post that your, uh, your brother's made and a post that a friend's made. Just random three people. LinkedIn will give you a 30% boost on the reach of your post simply because you went and part participated in other people's conversations. That's number uh, one. I didn't know this. So if I, if I do my post for the day, which I did this, this morning, before I do anything else, I, I, I should go do my other three comments. Yep. Of a, an influencer, prospect, colleague, whoever, whatever I'm doing. Uh, and that's going to help the post I just put up. That's correct. Mm. That's correct. LinkedIn, that's that posting ghost. Did you post and then walk away from our platform or did you stick around and participate in the conversations? In addition, you're looking for those comments in the first hour and LinkedIn's watching to see if you respond to those comments in the first hour. Yep. Yep. So that's the whole posting ghost. You got to set aside a little bit of time to pay attention. LinkedIn wants to know that you are participating actively in the conversation that you just started. Yep. So that's a key. Now, with that said... This is a way for you to give by participating in other people's conversations. Now, if you want to see somebody who's, so for example, let's suppose your audience wants to pay attention and listen to what I have to say. They can go to my LinkedIn profile, Richard Bliss. They can click the follow button and then the little bell appears. If they click that bell, LinkedIn now will notify them on a regular basis when I put some content out. So you can go to your prospects. You don't have to connect with them. You can go follow your prospects, click that little bell. Now, every time you get notified, go comment on their post. LinkedIn's going to give you a heads up that your prospects are actually engaging out there. And this is a way for you to comment, give to the relationship before you ask for anything. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I got one more big one um, before I do that. Uh, for anyone listening who would like to reach out to you, get into your world to follow your content. Obviously they could look you up, Richard Bliss on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, what, what else might they do? They can go to my website, uh, blisspointconsult.com. They can email me, uh, our bliss, Richard Bliss, our bliss at blisscorp, C-O-R-P.com, B-L-I-S-S-C-O-R-P.com. They can email me. Um, this, is the, this is an easy way just to reach out, say, hey, I, I heard what you had to say. I get a lot of um, connection requests. 
if you're going to send me a connection request and wish to connect with me on LinkedIn, then you need to mention why you're reaching out to connect with me. You can follow me. That's no problem. But if you want to connect with me, I need to know why. And the best way to tell me why is that you listen to this episode of the podcast, of your podcast, Bill. If they say, hey, I listened to you on Bill's podcast, I'm going to accept that 100% because I know that you have already given something to me. You have given me your time to listen to Bill this episode, thereby I know you've shifted a little bit. Bill, let me give just a side story. Yeah, I, I ran a podcast for 10 years focused around crowdfunding, Kickstarter investments, that type of thing. And I would have people approach me sometimes on the street in cities who recognize me or at conventions. And oftentimes they would say, you changed my life, which is always, an, I had this happen the other day. I had it at the conference that you and I at, the NSA conference in San Antonio this year, a person got on the elevator. They said, you're Richard Bliss. I said, yes, yes, I am. You changed my life. <laughs> really? And then the doors opened. They got off the elevator. I turned the person next to me and said, who was that? And they said, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know either. But here's the point. If someone has listened to my podcast and then they come up and say something like that, I am in a position to say, what can, can I spend some time with you? You've just spent time with me. I ran it for 10 years, 300 hours of podcasts. That's a whole lot of your life that you gave to me. At least I can give something back. And it's the same thing here in LinkedIn. If you say, I've listened to your episode, I'm going to accept that connection guaranteed because I know that you have put in the time to give to me. I'm going to give back. So that would be how they could reach out. That was a long answer to a very short question. No, it makes sense. So you've earned the right, if you will, by personalizing and, and having uh, some connection there. It's not just, hey, connect with me, right? So right. Um, all right. So I've saved uh, the coolest strategy for last. It kind of builds on what we just covered. Uh, when you're telling us about the LinkedIn alg algorithm, you told us that if we want to get maximum engagement, uh, well, you alluded to this. You didn't actually cover this, but I know we should only do one post per day. I know, in other words, the yep. first post we do that day, that's the one that really counts. That's the one that LinkedIn is really looking at, keeping score. Anything after that, not so much. But there's an important exception to that rule. And so this is a way to do another post and use your com, uh, yes, uh, commenting we, strategy we to bring reach it all these together. hard to reach people, right? So let's put yeah. this all together. And I'm doing this now a little bit uh, myself and, and forming LinkedIn relationships with people that probably otherwise wouldn't give me the time of day. So explain this, please. <laughs> Absolutely. So the, you've just set the scenario. There is a prospect that we are trying to build a relationship with. They are out of our league, out of our touch, out of our range, out of our network. They're just way out there. They do not know who we are. So how can I get their attention? Well, we can like and comment, but I know I really want their attention. So here's the technique, Bill, that you're alluding to. So what we do is we go and find something that they have done recently. Maybe they made a post on LinkedIn. Maybe they were on a podcast. Maybe they were in the news. Maybe they were in a, an article, a blog. It doesn't matter. Find something they have done. Now what you do is you create a post on LinkedIn. And this is what the post says. You can follow this formula. And we've had a lot of success with people following this very specific formula. I was recently reading an interesting post, podcast, blog, whatever, by, and now tag this prospect. This person who has no idea who you are, but they're a high value targeted account. 
I was recently reading an interesting article. I was recently re- listening to an interesting podcast that had a guest, and here was the guest. So I'm going to tag Bill. I'm going to use you again. I was re- listening to an interesting podcast the other day by Bill Cates. Now, right, Bill's at Bill Cates. At, and I'm going to at the at symbol, right. and I'm going to tag you. Now, you don't know me. And so Bill's podcast mentioned the following. I'm going to cut and paste in there something that was said in that podcast, that blog, that article. This is really fascinating. When I work with my own clients, one of the things I'm able to do is address the issue that Bill brought up. Here's how we solve that problem and build that. It's one of the things that I think that you all, my audience, really should be aware of. If you get a chance, go listen to this particular episode. Now, here's the link. And I add the link right there in the post. And I make it go live. Now, several things. Now, this sounds simple. What am I talking about? Well, here's what's going on and human nature kicks in. Now, remember, in this scenario, who's listening, Bill doesn't know who I am. So, Bill, you're going to get notified. That notification is going to say, Richard Bliss has mentioned you in a post. What's the first question you ask yourself? Who's Richard Bliss? Who's Richard Bliss? Hard for me to believe, but yes. Who is this guy? <laughs> right? That guy who, who changes guy? lives. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then what are you going to do? You're going to go see what I had to say about you. Now, your prospect is going to come to your It's 100% guarantee they're going to come to your post. 100%. Nobody can resist that. A stranger mentioned you in a post. Okay? Who are they and what are they saying about me? So they're going to go to your post. And what are they going to read? They're going to say, I was recently listening, reading, whatever, Bill Cates, and here's what he said. And then they're going to see this issue that, that they brought up, and they're going to see your response. Now, what's critical here, they will notice that you are not talking to them. I'm not talking to Bill, because Bill's going to look at it, and I, it, no, I'm just mentioning Bill. I'm not even talking about Bill. I'm talking about the issue that was brought up, Right. And I'm using, I could be referencing Elon Musk. I've read an interesting post by Elon Musk. He said something interesting the other day. Here's what he said. So in this case, your prospect is being used as a reference. Now, behind the scenes, we know we're targeting them. But from their perspective, it just looks like we use them as a reference to talk to our audience. And they're going to read it. And then they're going to see how you solve their problem, address their issue. And they're going to see a link to your website or your blog or wherever you want them to go. They cannot resist this. I have seen multiple salespeople find this success almost instantly because that prospect sees the post, sees the comment, sees you engaging, sees it safe. And oftentimes they will reach out to you asking for a connection request and more information because they're in essence looking over your shoulder as you talk to your audience about an issue they brought up, but you're not talking to them. In reality, you are, but you're just using them as a, now, here's what's nice, is you could do this six times in a day. I could do, right? Prospect, 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 a Monday. Monday's my prospecting day. I could do post, 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 post. My audience is not going to notice because LinkedIn's only going to show the first post to most of my audience. The rest of those posts are going to be hidden because LinkedIn's suppressing it, but that's okay. I only care if one person sees it. The person I tagged in the post. Yeah. So that's what I do is, is I'll make my post for the day. It could be a, a poll. It could be sometimes I show a short video, whatever a question. 
that's the one I want a lot of people to see. And then I'll do two or three of these that you're talking about to post with an audience of one. An so, audience of one. And yeah. it can be incredibly effective. I've had some salespeople come back and say that they've received a cold call from the sales prospect. <laughs> that's right. I like it. Get get your prospects cold calling you. That's, Absolutely. Like that. <laughs> that's the secret here. Now, I'm going to can I just put in a caveat here? Yeah, of course. When I share this technique and strategy, oftentimes I hear pushback from my audience that this feels manipulative, stalking, contrived, and that makes them uncomfortable. And I have to explain to them that, yes, it does feel that way, but we do this in person all the time perfectly naturally. If we're at a networking event and I see a prospect that I really want to get in front of, I might join the circle of people that, that are surrounding them, talking to them, listen in, and then make a comment or reference them in a comment saying, hey, I noticed something you wrote the other day. They have no idea who you are, but they'll immediately say, oh, well, you know, I'm Jeff, I'm Richard. And th that connection happens. We do it naturally in person. It feels contrived when we do it online. But I'm going to tell your audience right now, Bill, the, the prospect doesn't feel that way. The prospect doesn't feel targeted. They don't feel stalked. They don't feel somehow that they've been manipulated. It's a very natural ex uh, experience for them on their side. On your side, it's, it is. It's a planned, systematic approach to how you want to get in front of these individuals. So I would urge your audience to not hold back simply because they're feeling uncomfortable because the prospect is not. They're feeling just fine. Yeah. In fact, I found uh, someone that I interviewed for my podcast using this exact method uh, and it, it did work. My featured guest today, uh, Top Advisor Podcast, Richard Bliss, CEO of Bliss Point. Thank you for being our guest today, Richard. Bill, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for making the time available to me to be here. Yeah, you bet. Uh, to you, the listener of this podcast, may I ask you a favor? If you like this episode or like the podcast in general, please leave a five-star review on the platform you're listening to this show. And not all platforms have a place for reviews, but if yours does, I, I'd be grateful. Thank you. And if you haven't already, head over to referralcoach.com forward slash resources, sign up for our free tips and a ton of free things. And don't forget rapidfirereferrals.com and use the coupon code RFR100 to save $100. This is Bill Cates reminding you that ideas do not make you more successful. Only acting on those ideas will bring you the success you desire. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for listening to the Top Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Proud Mouse Pod Rocket Academy. I encourage you to visit my website, referralcoach.com, for links to my books, online courses, and to register for the Cates Academy.